Well, the alarm bells, they keep ringing about thawing permafrost in the Arctic. They continue uh, to, to get louder as well. Permafrost, by the way, is any type of ground that has been permanently frozen for a minimum of two years and as many as hundreds of thousands of years. It can extend down beneath the uh, Earth's surface from a few feet to more than a mile, covering entire regions like the Arctic tundra or a single isolated spot like a mountaintop of alpine permafrost. But permafrost in the Arctic is thawing and with it greenhouse gases are being emitted and the research is suggesting that they will emit as much greenhouse gas as large industrial nations by the end of this century. Dr. David Olafelt from the University of Alberta is the lone Canadian co-author on this international study which says hey we need to be doing more and here's some ideas. Dr. Olafelt joins us this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, doctor, you've been studying Arctic permafrost, um, the thaw, for, for years now. Can you give us an idea how you have seen things change um, when it comes to, let's say, specifically the Arctic and the thawing of permafrost? Well, it is obvious from year to year you go up uh, to see changes in the state of the permafrost. That's just, and I think anyone who goes up and spends time in the north has stories and that where they see changes. Uh, most of my research takes place in peatlands in Muskeg. Mm -hmm. And when we have permafrost there, what we find is we see this collapse of the surface because the, 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 the peatland soil contains so much ice that when it thaws, it collapses about a meter or two. Yes. And the trees die and you get a change from shrubs to mosses. So it's very obvious and very easily uh, noticeable and it is going in one direction and one direction only. Yeah, I was, I was reading more about that uh, today and about how, you know, in some areas, um, you just kind of land is, 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 is swept away and about how lakes have been have been drained and 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 that's something to that I think we all need to be aware of I think when we talk about uh, the permafrost melting that's you know there's a lot to this topic but I think when you take a look at at the Arctic and and the way that it's the way that it's built the way that the ecosystem is there and the fact that there are actually communities built on this it, it, it's something to that, that I believe needs to be paid more attention to. Yeah, that's correct. And one of the things that we work quite hard on is understanding how permafrost thaw is going to look in different places, right? Because the the permafrost region is a very heterogeneous. It's got lots of different types of landscapes and histories and current climate. So in some areas we see, uh, you know, when permafrost happens, you don't really see a change in the landscape. On the Canadian Shield, it's not really going to show up. Uh, and then in other areas where you have soils with lots and lots of ground ice, so that's, mm. um, then that's where you see these, um, you know, quite obvious areas of collapse, uh, infrastructure collapsing, you see craters forming, etc. But it's important to, to, to realize that those uh, very drastic changes, that we're not going to see them across the whole Arctic. Okay, all right. So um, is the, okay, so a carbon sink, um, is anything that absorb, uh, absorbs more carbon from the atmosphere than it releases? Has the Arctic been then a carbon sink? Yeah, 
for the last few thousand years, I mean, since deglaciation and, and some areas longer than that because they weren't glaciated. And really what's happening is the plant material um, starts decomposing, but before it's fully decomposed, it becomes part of the frozen ground. So for peatlands, they grow slowly from one year to another, and all of a sudden the bottom of that becomes frozen and stays frozen. In other areas, you actually have the soils turning because of the contraction and expansion every year. And the net result is that currently there is, uh, you know, more than a thousand billion tons of carbon stored in the permafrost region. Uh, that's substantially more carbon than there's currently carbon in the atmosphere. Wow. wow. All right. So as this, as 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 it warms up, and as the permafrost thaws. What are the projections then over the coming years about the impact of that on climate change? Yeah, so the, the basic premise is, is, is something that anyone can understand, right, is when you take something out of the freezer and put it on the counter, it starts decomposing. Mm. And then that releases greenhouse gases. So primarily carbon dioxide, but also methane if, it, if you put it in a wet environment. So the question that we've been working on and that we've been trying to synthesize is trying to understand, so first, how fast is soil carbon thawing out? And that which thaws out, how much of it is going to turn into greenhouse gases? Yeah. And it's a, it's a very difficult question because, again, the Arctic is big and there's lots of variability. Um, but we've done lots of progress. Uh, the whole you know, science community over the last 15 years when this has become a, a hot topic. And in our projections now that we bring up in the article is we start to put ranges to what we can expect. So, for example, uh, if we take a moderate warming scenario, you know, global temperatures go up two degrees and a, and a bit, right? Our current understanding of permafrost greenhouse gas emissions is that from now until the end of the century, so year 2100, we might see something on the order of 20 to 100 billion tons of carbon dioxide carbon equivalents released. That's a big number. and. You have to put that into context for anyone to understand what that Please means, do. right? <laughs> so that's, that's why we start comparing it to the current emissions from large industrialized nations, right? Um, so for example, if Canada continued to release uh, the, the fossil fuel emissions and the greenhouse gases that we emit from now and to the year 2100, that would be roughly 15 to 20 uh, billion tons. Okay. So, Already there, as I said, the, the range for greenhouse gases from permafrost is 20 to 100. So with quite high likelihood, uh, greenhouse gas emissions from permafrost is going to be greater than Canadian emissions from now until year 2100. Is it something that's going to cause massive climate change on its own, or is it coupled with, um, you know, current projections of um, man-made uh, greenhouse gas emissions? Good, good question, right? And that's one of the things that I think we may have done almost the most progress in, and it is in ruling out, uh, so to say, runaway climate change. Uh, we know that emissions from the greenhouse gases from permafrost, it's not on its own going to be driving climate change. What it is, it's that it's uh, an amplifier mm -hmm. of whatever uh, human emissions are. 
you know, something on the order of 5-10% addition. So what, what would you call on those in power, those can, that can do anything uh, to do? What, 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 needs to, what needs to change? What needs to happen? Well, you know, Canada's position is fairly unique there, right? Canada is the second largest permafrost nation yeah. after Russia. And I don't expect Russia to bringing this up as a, an urgent issue at the moment, right? So if anyone's going to speak for uh, preservation of permafrost, uh, it relies on us. Everyday people? Just, just every, everyday people? Both, uh, I mean, at that level and at an international level. So yeah. in negotiations where we set greenhouse gas targets, if we don't account for permafrost greenhouse gas emissions, then we're likely to overshoot whatever target we set for human emissions. Fascinating, fascinating uh, work that you're doing, Dr. Olafelt, and I sure appreciate you sharing uh, some of the details with us this afternoon. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much. You take care. Dr. David Olafelt joining us uh, from the University of Alberta, uh, the lone Canadian co-author on this international study on, on permafrost thaw. And, and interesting, I mean, this was first brought to my attention a couple of years back. I was watching, I think it was 60 Minutes, actually, and they were in Russia um, taking a look at the thaw of permafrost there. And it was, it was really, really eye-opening. And if you want to take a look at that just google 60 minutes uh russia permafrost it's uh it's an interesting i don't know 10 15 minute watch about what is going on it gives you a bit of an idea you can see it a little bit uh more firsthand and of course there's a lot of articles out there if you want to read it uh as well